0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Lovesport Radio on Twitter.
2: Welcome to the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. Jay Watson joined by James Jones and Will Pugh in the studio. Chaps, good evening. How you doing, Jake? Good to have the team back together. Yeah, I'm a little bit
3: upset, actually, because I heard last week... You've got a bone to pick, have you, mate? Well, I have. I was doing some legitimate journalistic endeavours last week, some legitimate work. So what's what's the problem? In my absence, two people who I considered friends Hmm. (laughs) apparently digging me out for not being here.
2: Okay. casting aspersions well, we against my character about we what I was doing instead
4: we weren't digging you out no. We were just we were just questioning your your excuse for not yep. not being on
2: the show didn't call you a liar um, <laughs> it, in fact if anything maybe a, a bit of a compliment
3: I mean it's a, pray tell because from my point of view mm. I had two people in ill I trusted, or I thought I could trust. Yep. And I've come back next week and just it's not
4: the case. I think all we want to know is how did the date go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on. No, unfortunately. Is she nice? No, no. Well Second he nice date? With that <laughs> <name>? <laughs> <laughs> you Never assume,
3: yeah. It could have been you until last week, James, yeah, that's yeah, very yeah. true, yeah. yeah,
2: so last week uh, Will wasn't here. Um he his excuse well, his reason. 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 Yeah, okay. Thanks, you so. say reason, I, mean... I say excuse. <laughs> <laughs> James is sitting on the fence. Um, <laughs> was that you were you were on a date instead of where well, you said you were working. Mm. Um, but yeah, you. the first thing, literally, as I walked into the office today, he's been telling me about all these dates he's been going on. <laughs> I mean, none of this is true, is it? <laughs> do I look like a liar to you? No. No, well,
3: you didn't to me until I'm last week. I'm a highly week.
2: respected journalist and broadcaster, Will, and you're calling me a liar live on air. <laughs> I, will, I will do you for defamatory libel, libel, yeah, libel some, some law word libel. which I should know <laughs> <laughs>
3: well I'm very disappointed but luckily I've decided to be the bigger man this week Yeah, and I thought I'd come back come and back. rise above all that well yeah. we're nice. delighted to have you back yeah. Yeah. As, as long
2: much. as me and James both get invites to the wedding then, <laughs> then we'll let you off <laughs> just don't let it happen again don't worry about it. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right, let's have a chat about Crystal Palace. Actually, don't know what, very quickly, we'll just let's tease what we've got coming up for the rest of the show. 1 to 8.30 this evening. Of course, naturally, um, we'll be talking about Declan Rice. That's that's the big news, not just for West Ham, but for England, really, isn't it? I think it's, uh, I think it's personal. I think it's wonderful. So, uh, West Ham fans, if you're listening this evening, get in touch. Give us your views. What have you made of that news? Declan Rice deciding to play for England as opposed to the Republic of Ireland. It's been a long-running saga, and to be honest, I felt like... It was always going to go this way, but we've got it confirmed. At Love Sport Radio is the Twitter handle uh, 0208 70 20 uh, is the number you want to ring if you want to have your views. We'll get the views actually of David Connolly as well, uh, former West Ham striker, played for Republic of Ireland, born in England. So I suppose he he can give us his take on, on kind of the decisions that uh, Declan had to make and, and how hard it can be um, to choose... Uh, to play for a side that you necessarily weren't born in uh, yeah it's, it's a very very interesting one indeed so david connor is going to join us in about five or so minutes time um and also we'll talk about some transfer rumors as well uh, the likes of duvan zapata uh banging the goals in syria and, and edin Jeka of course a name we're all familiar with uh, david schiavone uh, an italian journalist is going to be joining us on the phone later on to, to go through those rumors but chaps let's have a chat about the game at the weekend crystal palace a one-all draw uh, I watched this one. I thought that West Ham were particularly good in the first half and deservedly led. I remember sat there and I was watching it with a West Ham fan thinking, Do you know what, you're going to regret not scoring more than one. Mm-hmm. And the game could not have been any more different in the second half. Um, Palace had oh, chance after chance after chance. I think they had 25 shots in total. And it ended up a, a draw. Is that fair assessment, a game of com- two complete halves?
3: Well, if you're a script writer mm, and you were, you were to write that game before it happened a mark noble penalty west ham being in the lead and throwing it away to a wilfred Zaha goal for palace mm-hmm. late on in the game mm. that's what you would have written isn't it yeah yeah a, a, you know a, again it's it's so difficult not to be disappointed with that isn't it because pellegrini came out afterwards and i know it's a bit of short term football fanism but being one new up not long to go left in the game you always hope don't you that you're you're going to manage to to see it through and yeah. see it out. Their goal to win it was it was scrappy, wasn't it? Mm. It's just it is frustrating. But Pellegrini on the other hand came out and he was he he sort of called it as it was that um that it was two different halves and that we were better in one and they were better in the other and he was quite diplomatic about it, wasn't he?
4: Yeah, and I can I can see where Pellegrini's coming from. Um, I have a different view in that. You know, given how much we were under, how much pressure we were under in the second half, and how many goals Palace could have scored, luckily they're not very good at finishing. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we <laughs> that Macarthur in, one was. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and their goal was deflection. So, you know, with that in mind, I think we it was probably a fair point. And I've always said that you know, if, if you if you get get points away from home and then win your home games, you're on for a good season. It Doesn't always work like that, particularly at West Ham. But you know, I I just think it, it probably on the face of it was a good point. That's it not... stops our our def, our run of defeats, which was three in a row in all competitions, mm. um, and it gives us you know something something good to, to to build on going into the Fulham game next Friday night. With hopefully a couple of players coming back, Lanzini being being one of them, really excited to see him back even yeah. if you know even if he's coming off the bench. It's just something good to good to really build on. And yeah, okay probably could have been more than one year up at half time, but you take take the point. It's not that big team mentality though, is it? Which
3: is what yeah, we're going that's for. Very how many true. times have we
4: spoken? I know, about it? I know. it's true. But I just you know, think that... over the years a lot of a lot of big teams have, have turned up at uh, Sellers Park and, and, mm. and struggled.
2: So So we had the the Crystal Palace guys in last night actually, so I've had a similar conversation about the same game with them. But their view, and I think Roy's speaking afterwards and I think to be honest the general consensus when you when you look at the face of it of twenty five shots for Palace, six for you guys, um nearly sixty percent possession for Palace was that they honestly and truly could not understand, they couldn't believe that they hadn't won that game.
3: The the MacArthur miss I mean the the It's, Palace it's about gone. as bad as it gets. You yeah. gotta
4: score that. I mean, he had two, didn't he? He had one in the first half as well.
3: That's it. But that that one, in the second half one, was just like... Faniacke oh well, was, he, was like
4: he had flat on the time. floor as well. <laughs> he just chip it over him and he scored.
2: It was brilliant, though. He'd done everything right. It was completely like deliberate in terms of feinting to shoot and he put the keeper on the seat of his pants. All that had to do was just lift it over and somehow, somehow missed it. And that is as big a let-off as anyone's going to get.
3: It seems like it was quite a, a stereotypical game from both fans' point of view. Like, from West Ham, we're looking at it... And you're looking and go, oh, you know, although they might have had more in the the, the stats department, if you like. But we were still 1-0 up with, you know, the majority of the game passed. And we still managed to, you know, throw the two points away, if you like. But Palace were looking at it from exactly what you said. All the Palace fans I've spoken to mm. have just said, ah, oh, it's just typical. We've, we've carving out chances. We've just got no one to put the ball in the net. Mm. And again, we were the better team. Do you
2: not think, though, you, you're, you're being, I mean, naturally, you're going to be slightly biased <laughs> as a West Ham fan, but... You know, on the face of it, 25 shots. Do you honestly think that a point was fair on the balance of play?
3: I think it depends what way you look at it. You can either look at games from just a purely like stats point of view, yep. or you can look at it and say, well, you're one nil up with what 15 to 20 minutes to go.
4: There is two, and just say, all you've got to do is draw for 20 for minutes. For me, it's a fair result because you know it's not our fault that Palace can't finish so of you take not. the of point and, and their goal was deflected as I said so you kind of take the point in that because they, they should have scored 4 or 5 mm. probably more and they yeah. didn't so yeah, yeah. no absolutely so I is. think
2: you, you take it yeah. but yeah I, think, I do think I do think West Ham uh, were fortunate uh, going to take a break uh, when we come back we will turn our attentions to the news of uh, Declan Rice and we're joined on the phone by a former Republic of Ireland and West Ham striker David Connolly
1: This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com.
2: Okay then welcome back. West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. And we are going to discuss the big news, not only for for West Ham, but also England fans today and also Republic of Ireland. The huge news that Declan Rice, one of the most talented players in the Premier League, has pledged his allegiance, his loyalty uh, to play for England. uh, Apparently told Mick McCarthy today his decision. Uh, Delighted to say David Connolly former West Ham and Republic of Ireland striker is on the phone now. Good evening, David, mate. Good evening. How's it going? Yeah, good. Night. I was just—I was just saying—to uh, produce a before the show starts. I'll probably see or speak to you more than I probably do my own family at the moment. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, it's
0: nice. That's, that's a
2: good thing, is not it? Uh, yeah, let's say it's a good thing, mate. Uh, you're a former Leicester striker, yeah. so you know you, that that will always play well in my eyes. But look, Declan Rice, David. I mean, are you gutted that he's not chosen Republic of Ireland, or kind of with your West Ham hat on, delighted maybe that he's played for England?
0: Um, well, look, I, I, I think this was on the card, to be honest. Um, now the question would be, you know, maybe why did he play for Ireland in the first place? I And I guess that's, yeah, that's a question that's probably fair. Now, who knows? Like, he, he was born in England. I was born in England. He had uh, paternal grandparents, was his root in, um... And whether he actually truly wanted to play for Ireland, I don't know. But what I do know is he, he appeared three times as a senior, albeit in friendlies. And you'd have to say, well, should that be allowed? You know, he's had the luxury, I guess, of now changing agents, maybe, changing his mind. People saying in his ear, you know, playing for England is going to do your career you know, more good than playing for Ireland. But let me tell you, it didn't do Roy Keane any harm. It didn't do Robbie Keane any harm. And, you know, they play for some of the biggest clubs in football. So, I don't know. Uh, you know, each to their own. That's a choice he's made. I am gutted. I think he would have been brilliant for Ireland. Um, but there's not a lot we can do now.
2: No, but, David, it's, it's an interesting debate, isn't it, in the sense of we, we often see players who play for one of the Irish teams or, or Wales or Scotland who weren't actually born... In those nations, they've obviously got a, a link, like a grandparent, like Declan had, um, and it feels like quite often they choose to play for these these, these nations, obviously because they're able to, but but also because maybe they're not good enough to, to play for England, which was obviously never the case with Declan because he was so so highly rated by the by the guys at, at West Ham. So it makes it almost a little bit strange that he did play throughout the youth systems at Ireland. Well, yes, I
0: mean, look, he was released from Chelsea. I mean, and, and everyone's different, like. Um, you know, when I don't know what Declan's childhood was like, whether he was wearing an England kit you know, when he was a child, whether he was cheering on England in rugby union. Now, when I was a child, I went to Ireland every holiday. That was our holiday. Um, I was the only one born in England from my family. Uh, we watched hurling and Gaelic football. I wore Irish kits. I, I was Irish in every way, apart from I just didn't happen to be born there. I never had an English passport. I can go on. Now, not everyone who plays for Ireland is like that, and I guess look, if you want to choose to play for one country because you don't feel you can play for another, you haven't got the ability. I I, I don't know. That's that's not something I can answer. Um, you know, whether he is the answer to Ireland's you know dreams or even England, because there's no guarantee he's gonna you know get selected. Um, he might have a job on his hands to get that holding midfield role, but you know, apart from Eric Dye and Jordan Henderson, you'd have to say he's got a really good chance, but it's going to be more difficult. I guess maybe, whether it's a change of agent, whether it's you know, someone in his ear saying you know, Ireland are in a tough Euro group, they've got Denmark, Switzerland, they might not get out of that. You, know, you might not be playing in a major tournament, but England will. I don't know whether it's something along those lines.
4: David, do you think that I was just? I'm just looking at um, Declan Rice's career and his record at, at sort of youth international level, and he's, he's represented Republic of Ireland at under 16, under 17, under 19, under 21 level before he got his, his senior cap. So I mean, it, it means he must. It would have been around about 14, 15 when when he first represented Republic of Ireland on the international stage. Do you think that at that age, the decision to to represent Ireland? may have been sort of not forced upon him but sort of you know he didn't really have much of a choice at that age you know because it's not really an age to make such a big decision is it?
0: Well exactly I mean uh, you know whether he's at Chelsea then or he's been released uh, you know whether they're saying look you can get international honors this way is that something you're interested in? Mm. Uh, It's very difficult because you know I never played underage uh, for Ireland I was just selected uh, I think 18 uh, I was in the full squad now that was because maybe I wasn't good enough when I was younger. I don't know. Or no one put me forward. I have no idea. Every case is different. And I think for Declan, you know, whether he's a late bloomer or whatever, and whether he's played for Ireland at younger age groups, I guess the, the, the only thing that sticks in your craw and your throat is that he's played three times for the senior team. And he now, kissed the badge as well, well. Guess, Yeah, and that would be the, the, the you know... Uh, the proudest moment is playing for the country. A senior cap, uh, you know, the a senior cap. So I guess from there, and then you might have to question the FIFA rules and say, mm. is that, should that be allowed? Mm. You know, fair enough, underage group when you're young. Now you're a grown man, you've played three senior times, and now you're changing. That would be the only thing. But look, you know, what can you do? If he's, uh, if he's proud to play for England, he wants to play for him, good luck for him. I think it's difficult for Mick and people like Robbie Keane. I know they've tried ever so hard, um, but we'll just have to get on with it.
3: Dave, um just on, on Declan there, obviously they'll I think it's naive for anyone to assume that they're in the day and age we live in now that there isn't a commercial element to these decisions. But obviously it sounds like from your point of view you were very much Irish growing up and and you have always wanted to play for Ireland. But I'm I'm not sure whether you ever had an, an England shot or whether it was a conversation you had to have given you were born in England. But even if it wasn't for you, there must have been other players who you played for for Ireland who perhaps lent more towards England but just didn't have that chance or, or, or had the same choice as Declan had the, and then lent the other way and went, ended up with Ireland?
0: Yeah, possibly. I mean, you, you've got to say that some people are quite, you know, poorly informed on this. I'll give you an example. I came out of the studio the other day and a love sport presenter said to me, about England rugby, you know, did you support uh, England in the rugby? Why would I support England in the rugby? <laughs> you know, so you, you have a little bit of ignorance around things like this, and also a bit of cynicism that, you know, lads, oh, they're not good enough, they might play for one you know, one country, they'll play for another. Uh, you know, and this, comm- this idea of commercialism, I, I, I don't really buy that. Now, whether that's an agent in his ear and whether Declan needed a bit of time to mature himself, hopefully he's come to this conclusion by himself, not necessarily with, I can't imagine West Ham saying, oh, you're going to be worth more in a transfer market if you you play for England. But I don't really buy that, to be honest. And I've used examples of the two kings or the Daniel Dust of this world. You know, we can go on with the world-class players Ireland have had down the years. You know, uh, Liam Brady, you know, going to Juventus. It's irrelevant, I feel. It's absolutely irrelevant. You can talk about players who play for Ivory Coast. You know, your D-Day dropers. You know, do you know what I mean? It's irrelevant what country, whether it's England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. You know, if you're good enough, um, I don't
3: think that it matters. I, I was just, as you were saying that, then I was—I know it's not Ireland, but I was thinking about Gareth Bale for Wales. Obviously, he's got a huge international profile, and you know, and he's done that playing for Wales. But there must be—what uh, was it from your perspective? You say it there about you know you were always going to go to Ireland, but being born in England and brought up in England, you must have had some sort of allegiance or not.
0: No, because again, I I find that that's like a little bit ignorant. I mean, you might be born in a country, but you know, you're sort of it's kind of where your your heart is. So if, if at home you just cook Irish food, you, your your papers are Irish. You go to Ireland every holiday. You, you know, you you go down the Irish centre every week. You you're at you're not a football match. You're at Gaelic and hurling matches every week. You know, it's it's kind of a bit different. You know, you support a team like Liverpool because they're full of Irish players. It's hard to describe. It's just, you know, but maybe it's one of ignorance. I don't know. Like maybe Polish people come to England and they all congregate in one area, like the Irish did in the olden days. They congregate in North London and Kilburn would be called County Kilburn, the next county outside Ireland. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's a little bit of ignorance like that and arrogance to think that you, just because you're born in a country, you'd have a, a natural allegiance to it. Um, but maybe that's, you know, that's just my opinion on it.
2: Do you think, though? Well, we do know. David, he's, he's obviously had people in his ear, hasn't he? Because he, he, he clearly decided he was going to play for Ireland. He, he played for all their youth system and then played for the National. And then there was talk of obviously Mick McCarthy coming out and saying, look, you've got till March basically to, to make a decision. Um, apparently Gareth South getting the FA had spoken to him. And I felt the impression as well from the guys at West Ham, the owners there, that they also wanted him to, to play for England. So for a young guy, this has been a huge decision for him to make, hasn't it? And, and I think he's had to take his time, and rightly so, about making the right one.
0: Yeah, look, look. Martin O'Neill had a chat to him. Um, I, I bumped into Robbie King last week. And I know Robbie and Mick have tried to, mm. you know, you're not going to try. You don't have to, you shouldn't have to talk someone into it. I think all you're doing is saying, look, you know, you play for us. If you want to play for us, this is our plan for us. You know, it's almost like making a signing at a club side. Um, and I guess that shows how highly he's thought of. And you've got to remember that, you know, he's thought of in such regard Um and he's only 20, and what a career he's going to have in front of him, you know. Um, you, you just love him to play for Ireland. Now, it's not going to be that way. Can only wish him the best. Um, I don't think anyone could have done any more, whether it's from England or from Ireland, because it looks like Gareth Southgate's obviously winding and dined him as well. And in the back of this, there's, I'm sure, there's agents involved, mm. you know, saying, you know, okay, you, the world's your oyster. You could be the. The new Fernandinho at some point, you know, play for England. You'll be performing at a, a major championships. Ireland might not, you know, there might be that sort of going on, and there's something in that. But I, I, I got a feeling that it didn't stop certain players reaching the very, very top, whether they played for England or Ireland. And um, I don't think, I don't think it's because of that. I don't think he chose England because they might be in a major tournament. I'd hope not, anyway.
2: Yeah. So just lastly, David, David, before we let you go, um, do, do you think Declan's going to be the next England squad then?
0: Well, Ireland held his registration. That could take six months. I don't think he'll be playing for England if he does until September. Um, yeah, at the earliest. So, uh, you know, the next England squad, I reckon, yes, he will. But it might not be for a good few months.
2: OK, we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, David, mate, really appreciate that. Great stuff take i probably see you tomorrow <laughs> that was David Connolly there uh, the former West Ham and Republic of Ireland striker some, some really forthright and brilliant views there from him we'll take a break we'll get the views of Will and James uh, in the studio and also go through Twitter and some of the things that other people have been saying today uh, you're listening to Love Sport
1: Radio uh, this is the West Ham Fan Show we've all got one and we're not afraid to put it on display our opinions that is Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station.
2: Brilliant stuff there from David Connolly, former Hammers striker, um, feeling very, very strongly indeed about the situation regarding Declan Rice, but we wish Declan all the the very best. And again, interesting stuff there that Declan may not even be eligible uh, to be in the next England squad. I think many people are just expecting him to go straight in because honestly and truly, I think if we're doing it on ability and and form, it's probably ahead of the likes of Dyer at least level with with Henderson right now, don't you think? Yeah.
3: Sorry, James. I put that's. I put as soon as I heard the news earlier. That was a tweet I put out straight away. Although it's it's good to see him there I do think that'll be Mm. maybe not the official end but the beginning of the end of Dyer's England career because I think he's streets ahead of him already strange
2: isn't it because we forget as well still just how how young Eric Dyer is so to be saying comments like that I mean I don't necessarily disagree Mm. but to be saying that about Eric Dyer who who plays for a Spurs side that finishes in the top four year in year out and has never let England down has also captained England by the way to then potentially be losing his place to to Declan it's very very interesting indeed I've got a call in uh, from Adam a big West Ham fan Adam what's your views today on Declan Rice and the news that he's going to play for England.
5: Yeah, I think it says a lot about him, really. You know, the potential he's got and the consistency he's shown over the last couple of years. I mean, this is a guy that was earning, you know, reports, say £3,000 a week not so long ago. For the story to make the press as it it has done, I think it says a lot about him. I think that there is no doubt someone in his ear. You know, he's playing alongside... Mark Noble, for example, who hasn't had a sniff. He looks up to him. He said in various interviews how he's almost mentored him in the West Ham side. So it'd be very easy for him to look at Noble as an example of a player that's been consistent over many years and almost go in his comfort zone and play for Ireland. He says about, you know, he's obviously his grandparents are Irish and he's got that allegiance to to Ireland. So I think it shows he's got... Big balls. In in fairness, he, he's fairly confident, um, and that supports you know the contract demands that he may or, or may not have, dependent on your view that he had before before Christmas. So, I think fair play. I think he's um, now got to go on and deliver on that on that stage. And as you say, to push players out like Henderson and Dyer, who perhaps weren't in the spotlight at the age he is uh he says a lot about him I think
2: yeah good luck to the uh, part of Declan's statement today which he is a very very long one um so I can't obviously go through it a bit but the, the paragraph I've picked out is he goes I have um you know sorry like so many people around the world I consider myself to be of mixed nationality I'm a proud Englishman having been born and raised in London however I'm just as proud of my family's Irish heritage and my affinity and connection with the country absolutely fair enough we understand that many many people in the world are of mixed nationality but the, the the issue, well not the issue, but the, the point I think is is interesting, which we're just having a chat with David Connolly there about, is that quite often we see players play for, I mean, this, I think it was Matt Ritchie who got called up for Scotland, and he admitted he'd never even been to Scotland. <laughs> um, we have situations like this quite often, that, that basically they play for these nations a part of because they weren't good enough to play for England. Now Declan here was playing for Ireland because of a very, very young and exciting player and he was picked by them. And now then suddenly he realized, "Oh, actually, I can play for England, so he's changed his his, his mind. How does that sit with you because Because clearly, if he hadn't been good enough for England, he would have been happy to play for Ireland throughout all this time
5: yeah, I agree that that that's clear for all to see, which is why I think he's been influenced you know through through someone, whether it's commercially driven or you know publicly whatever it may be I think someone's given him the nudge in that direction. Uh, and I and I also think you know over the last 18 months or so he's proved that that he can make it to that level doesn't make it right but on a personal level he's obviously felt he he's going to be comfortable at that stage and I think that goes hand in hand with conversations that he's had you know from people guiding him behind the scenes whether that be West Ham whether that be um, agents I, I don't know but I, I think he will succeed so I think it's the right decision um, you know why he's played for Ireland. For the the free occasions he has, I, I guess morally that that may not sit right with some people, but I think he'll go on to achieve good things.
2: Um, another thing that David said commercially, he doesn't think that you become more valuable by playing for the England as opposed to Republic of Ireland. Do you think that's true?
5: No, in all honesty, I think that there's certain players. I mean, I think you mentioned Drogba, Damien Duff, but those players were were outstanding. I think there are, are a few players that, that fall into that category that are playing for a lesser nation and still go on to have good club careers and uh, and become superstars. But I think for a player that, that is good, isn't a legend, but is at a good level, I think playing for England, you know, in major tournaments every two years, will propel him further than than you know in, in qualifying games with Ireland. If he goes on to become a superstar, then perhaps neither here nor there. But If he remains a good player, a great player, but not quite that next level, I think more opportunities will come for him in an England shirt than they will in an Ireland shirt.
2: So do you think right now, on on form and on ability, on this season of what we've seen from Declan, he goes into that? I mean, whether he's eligible or not, we're just talking about if he is, do you put him straight into that England side and start him?
5: Potentially. I think we, with Gareth Southgate, approach to things you know he's very forward thinking would i put him in right now on form perhaps not but if he's looking more towards you know the the future and and he starts working with him now and integrating him into the squad then i think that'd be a long-term view and doing it now would, would benefit in the long term i think he's perhaps you know still a little way off based on uh based on skill and quality but if he's very long-term about it in his in his point of view, then I think it would make sense to integrate him as soon as possible.
2: All right, Adam, appreciate that, mate. Great call.
5: Lovely. Cheers. All the best.
2: So, yeah, just going to leave you with a thought before we, we take a, a break on that commercial thing. I want to throw the name out there, Gareth Bale. Br- Britain's most successful ever export in terms of what he's won. He played at Real Madrid for six years. He earns these €600,000 a week. He's won the Champions League four times, but he's Welsh. Imagine for one second if he was English, it would be a completely different <laughs> ballgame. It 100% makes a difference, and Declan will earn so much more money commercially as an England international as opposed to Republic of Ireland international. you live listening to Love Sport Radio. It's
1: just gone half seven. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. <laughs>
2: We'll keep those views and calls coming in this evening. Declan Rice, West Ham's star. Young, young starlet. Um. Making his way in the game and, and impressing many, uh, deciding today to play for England as opposed to the Republic of Ireland. Uh, tweets, calls, get them in. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight is the number. At Love Sport Radio is the handle, uh, and we will read out those tweets or we'll get your calls on air this evening uh, or until eight thirty. Uh, Baz Cox, uh, big West Ham fans on the phone as well. Now, Baz, uh, what's your view on on Rice' right decision?
6: Uh, good evening. Yeah, I think it is for him personally. I think. Uh... I think a lot of players given the opportunity from Ireland probably would have taken this if I'm honest. They'd probably not admit it if they played a, for Ireland for a few years but being so young and having that opportunity is it's massive and England's a bigger pool than Ireland in my opinion for a chance of doing more with your international career and, and representing your country at bigger um, competition so I think he's made the right choice personally it's,
2: Do you know what Baz it's strange because whenever we talk um, to fans of, of other nations particularly World Cups or Euros they kind of dislike England they call us arrogant they think that you know we, we've got this I don't know there's something about us that we think we deserve to be at the back end of competitions and obviously we can't ever really back it up because we've only ever won one and it was 50 years ago do you think there's, a, there's an air of arrogance here with, with Declan Rice thinking that well obviously he should pay for England we're, we're better
6: I don't think it's arrogance for him. I think you're probably right. As football supporters, we think we should be at most big competitions and have a chance. But from him personally, I don't think it's, it's just a massive opportunity. And it would be the same, say for a year's time, when, when he comes around to leaving West Ham. If the offer was there for Manchester United or for Colchester United, both on the same money, he's going to pick Man United. And, and I think that's where he's gone with England and Ireland. It's an honour to represent your country, whoever it is. Um, and when you've got the choice, you do make the biggest one possible. And for him to go to England, as I say, will give him the opportunity to represent his country at more major events because no disrespect to Ireland, they don't get to them all. England, I'm not saying we get to every single one because obviously we have missed that over the years, but we are at more than Ireland in general. And we've won a World Cup, they never have. We've made semi-finals of the Euros. Yeah, and he's got more chance of winning stuff with England than he has with Ireland, if he is to win anything at the national level.
3: Baz, obviously it's a, it's a great thing from the West Ham fans who also support England to see Declan choose England. In my opinion, I know we've had some different thoughts tonight, but in my opinion, it's I think he's obviously being advised from people outside, uh, you know, just his friends and family. There's obviously commercial endeavours and commercial people getting around him there's are you from a west Ham point of view again to bring it back to club over country are you are you worried that if he gets in the england squad and you know starts tearing up trees for england just as he has been for west Ham, that that might signal a, a swift departure from the club or you know are you hopeful we can build the team around him
6: to be honest I'm, I'm quite a realist anyway so do i think i'll see declan rice at west Ham? in Gone 2021, 20, no, not if he continues to improve as he is. So, him making that move will only all plan for a country and, and doing what he does there if he does it for England like he is at West Ham. It will only increase his value. I, you know, I've supported West Ham long enough to realise we can't keep hold of these top players unless there's a massive change, unless you get an owner like Chelsea have, Man City have, where all of a sudden you can say, You ain't got to go, mate. Here's 200 grand a week and we're going to put whoever the next best midfielder is in the, in the world alongside you, you're never going to keep these players. And as long as he moves on from West Ham to better himself in his career and not leaves West Ham to earn more money, to argument's sake, if he went to Everton, you know, that that's not a massive improvement. For him to leave West Ham and go to one of the top six clubs, it, that's an improvement for him. And you have to respect that. So playing for England, don't fear me like that. Because, as I say, I'm realistic and I don't think people make the comment about him being the future of West Ham and England captain. I think he may captain West Ham a few times, but I don't think he will regularly because so I don't think he'll be there long enough.
3: Baz, just on that and and just to sort of capture what you said there about if he moves on to to one of those top 6 clubs. If West Ham are doing what we're led to believe they're doing, which is is to push ourselves and be one of those top 6 clubs, surely he's the man to build a team around.
6: Yeah, I, I totally agree. But the, the problem is, we, with these footballers, yes, money talks, but also so does ambition. And not, none of them are going to win or compete for league titles at West Ham. None of them are going to win FA Cups or League Cups at West Ham. Because even us, why? I'll never know. We, we've seen the it and put weaker side to out when we get in these, which are our only real chance of winning trophies. And they ain't going to have European football at West Ham. These players want the Champions League. That, that's the truth of it. They all want to be in them games. They want to be on them big special nights. And listen, we all have dreams, you know. And and as a kid, as a boy, I think 90% of us dream of being a professional footballer. He's now living that life. So we'd be wrong to think he hasn't had them dreams. He didn't grow up dreaming of playing for West Ham. He's come through West Ham. He's enjoying it now. He's loving it. He's a West Ham fan. But reality tells you, if he continues to improve as he does, he ain't going to be here in two, three years' time. Like. Rio Ferdinand weren't around forever. Frank Lampard, Joe Cole, Jermaine Defoe.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. top call, Baz. Thank you very much, Matt. and Just to reiterate an, another bit from Declan's statement today, he said, This has been an extremely difficult decision, and in all honesty, not one I ever expected to be making at this stage of my career. So much has happened so quickly in the past couple of years, from progressing through the West Ham United Academy to making my Premier League debut at the age of 18 in May 2017, and then being named in a full international squad just two days later. I got Reese on the phone as well. So, look, Reese, it's been a meteoric rise, hasn't it, for Rice?
7: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's massive for him. Um, remember his debut? Um, was it Burnley away with it? I think, and, you know, he's just gone on strength to strength. And in all honesty, I don't think you can blame his decision. Um, my opinion is, I think he's looked at the squad, um, whoever he's been advised by, it and looked at that position and thought, you know, I could be there for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. Um, earn some caps. You know he goes on to be captain, that's a you know we don't know exactly who's going to be about, but you know certainly I think at the you know at the World Cup as as well as we have done, um, you know I think we just lack that little bit in the middle, West Ham have as well, but he's come in made that position his own, um, even with the like the the setbacks he had under Slav, um, he's just come back and shown that. He's a class act, I think, on and off the pitch, and I think that statement proves it today.
2: And in all, all honesty, though, Reese, when you you mentioned you remember him playing the first time, did you think this guy this guy's the real deal?
7: Um, to be honest with you, um, like I said, I think you know I've been supporting the club long enough to to see us bring through players, which I think is good. Um, but I think we all know straight away um, how some of these players are going to perform and. He seems very level headed, very good on the ball, very good talker. Um, so I think he, unfortunately, I don't think it'll be with us, but I think he'll go right to the top. And, you know, as a career, as a footballer, it's not always the longest. So he's got to do what's probably best for him, best for his family, you know, and, and he's just got to grab it and sort of let's less sort of see what he does.
4: Do you do you agree with what Baz said that, you know, the likes of Rio Ferdinand, Frank Lampard, Jermaine Defoe, <laughs> Joe Cole, they've all sort of come through the academy and, and then, you know, hit hit top heights and then moved on to, to bigger and better things. And, you know, that was during an era where West Ham were, you know, beginning to struggle a bit f- financially as well, more than anything. Do you think that West Ham are in a better position now, um, off the pitch, um, to to be able to have a fighting chance of keeping hold of someone with so much promise like Declan Rice?
7: Um, I'd like to think so um, our, our results Obviously dictate a lot So You know If we're If we're struggling In the league It would be interesting To see How he Sort of reacts to it um, My honest opinion With the likes of Lampard And Ferdinand And people like that Deep down I think they probably All wanted to go they just done it The right way um, Maybe Lampard didn't And obviously That's why he's still A bit of stick But You know It it's one of them, I think, if we, I don't know, I don't know, if, if we've got the money to throw at it, we say the same thing every year. Um, I think he's good, he's got good players around him, like the likes of Noble, um, people probably like Zabaleta, I think he's probably learnt a lot a, a lot off of. Um, just to, I don't know, I, I just, I think we've got to, I don't think he's making a statement that, you know, that we're, we're in a position to build the team around him as such. It's good he finally finally signed his new contract, but if the big boys come calling, I think unfortunately, I think we'd be silly to reject any sort of offer if it comes to it. This this big big money because if football doesn't like conveyor belt now. If they just they're on it mm. and off it, loyalty. You'll never get players played three four hundred games for a, sort of a mid table team anymore. Testimonials and things like that, but. I'd like to think he'd give us a good crack at a whip because we've ended up bringing him through, giving his debut. Hopefully, we've we've sort of put him on the right track in terms of, you know, how to keep level headedness and things like that. So, from that side of things, I'd, I'd I'd like to think he'd be here for another few years. But, you know what football's like. If, you know, if he has a bad run of form. No, we're all Lotus like fans, you're pretty straight on back. Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> Rita, thanks for the call, mate. Really appreciate it, bud. Speak soon. Uh, this is the West Ham Fan Show. We spoke to David Connolly former West Ham Republic of Ireland international, uh, earlier on in the show. Uh, in just a couple of moments, we're going to be speaking to Nigel Winterburn, former West Ham and England international.
1: For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio.
2: just uh, gone at quarter to 8 you're listening to Love Sport Radio It's the West Ham fan show uh, discussing the big news today across British football English football uh, Declan Rice deciding to play for England we've got a former England international uh, now on the phone uh, Nigel Winterburn Nigel what do you what do you make of today's news do you think it's, it's the best decision for Declan
8: well I think long term you're never sure but uh, having the choice to make um, between the public of Ireland and England but I think he's done the right thing in in terms of he's sat down, he's had a think about what he would like to do. I'm sure there will be some influence there as well from Gareth Southgate, who's uh, leading this England team very, very well at the moment, but also giving young players a chance to shine. And maybe Declan's looked at that as well and thought, you know, England with Gareth Southgate, it looks as if we're moving forward nicely. Maybe this is an opportunity to, to join the, the national team, which will give him the freedom to play, encourage him uh, to bring out his strengths uh, and hopefully go a long way in, in major tournaments.
2: It's quite a unique situation though this one isn't it Nigel because I think we accept sometimes in transfers you've got if you've got international duty if you know somebody plays for for that club they are being linked with you'll get one of the players maybe a, a word in their ear um I don't think in in, in my memory we've, we've had a similar thing with, with an international thing and it feels that you know maybe West Ham and the player's agent and, and Gareth Southgate maybe some of the West Ham players have been telling Decton to to play for England and then the other side of it is probably maybe his his Irish family and Mick McCarthy desperately trying to to persuade him to play for for Ireland. It, it's been incredibly unique one, hasn't it, this?
8: Yeah, it certainly has. It's a bit of a tug-of-war, isn't it? Uh, you know, between, almost between your, your family members and then you're looking at it yourself and thinking, you know, which nationality at the moment do I really want to go to? Who's going to progress the furthest over the let's say, looking at it over the next 10 years, it's looking as if England will be the stronger team. So um, he's decided to, to to take that route, I always find it a little bit confusing when you've come up playing for uh, for the Republic of Ireland, you've come through the through the ranks, and then all of a sudden you you're allowed to switch uh, and, and go and play play for England or you know, you know or another country. So it's a it, it is very very strange, but I I can I can understand his decision. You know, last year was his breakthrough season into the West Ham team. I think he's this season. He's establishing himself as a, a, a firm favourite with the West Ham supporters as well, and it's a it's a huge decision that long term. You know, it, also I think it will drive him on. He's, he's not going to be guaranteed to get into the England squad. He's not guaranteed to ever get a start for England. But with his the way that he's developing at the moment, I think he can become uh, a, a major player for club and for country over
3: you know over the next few few seasons. Nigel we obviously see I think in the modern day you see lots of players who in the modern world we live in who've got that split allegiance I'm just thinking of Ozil with Germany he's got his Turkish heritage as well is a is a big one and although as you know as football fans and supporters and people who admire the game we like to get caught up in that idea that you know all of these decisions are driven by emotion but do you think even even in the international game now surely it, it's obvious that there is more of that um, it, not necessarily commercialism but people will look at like Ozil for example might have looked at Turkey or Germany and although his heart may have said one in the reality of it is for him to be considered uh, as a you know in in a higher prestige on the on the world game of football it's almost a no brainer for these players to pick the the better performing nation if you like as opposed to just the one that their you know their heart tells them to
8: yeah i th- i think if long uh, you know i think you pick who you are comfortable with unless you really have that strong uh, allegiance so obviously with declan Republic of Ireland or his, his family so I think some people would pick you know they would pick the Republic of Ireland they would say you know this is where my family are uh, you know I'm going to sort of follow that through to international level but when you've got that choice I think it I think it is very very difficult um, because we all play football to be successful we all, we all want to win um, there's no guarantee with England that uh, you know we're we're going to win anything but it does look as if we are building and moving forward in terms of, um, you know, our pedigree under under Gareth Southgate. There's a long way to go, um, that's for sure. But maybe Declan's just looked at that and, and said, you know, this is something I want to uh, be part of. Overall, he's going to be playing with stronger players, uh, you know, on, on international uh, duty. He's going to come up against some. Fabulous uh, opposi- opposition. Uh, in terms of his uh, development, he's going to learn so much. So um, he's he's chose that route. I mean, you know, we may never know the real reasons why, um, but you know, we have to respect. Uh, he's, he's a young man. He's now made that decision, and uh, we wish him well. And um, let's see how long it is before uh, he's in the England squad. I suspect it won't be too long.
4: So, Nigel, he's, he's you know he's picked England now. So, and and one of the main positions uh, in the England squad that's been you know has been un, you know had a lot of doubt over it is the uh, the holding midfield role. You know, Dyer and Henderson. You know, they've been they talent and their their ability has been questioned recently. Um, you know, particularly over the summer and the World Cup, who was better? Um, do you think Declan Rice sees this as a great opportunity, not just to to play for the for the so-called better nation but also you know a a really really good chance of actually going straight into that starting line up starting line up and and sort of removing Dyer and Henderson from that from that automatic starting role
8: well it's all about it's all about getting opportunities and why do you get opportunities because uh you're playing to a very very high level in your your club football and Declan's playing very very well for for uh, for West Ham so you know he's got to keep those standards very high, and he has to get better. And then you hope along the way you get picked uh, to play for your national team. And then once you get into that uh, into that national team squad, you're hoping that you're given the opportunity to show what you can do. And then when you're given that opportunity, you know you've got to grasp it. You've got to show the manager actually, I'm better than the player that you I've just replaced. Um, coming into that team, and that 's what it was all about that 's how ruthless uh sorry ruthless you have to be you know he 's got to be very, very focused he 's got to be very very single minded um, you know so you start at point one, which is his club west Ham, play to a high level, get into the England squad, and then when you get that when you get that game time it 's all about knocking the guy out of the way who's who's in your position uh, and taking that opportunity um you know, so we'll, we'll. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing his, his development and, and to, to see where, where it takes him, uh, not only for West Ham but as, as we say, onto, on to international levels as, as well. Because there's no doubt in my mind that he'll get that opportunity very, very quickly.
2: Yeah, we shall wait and see. Nigel, thanks for your time this evening. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you very much. There we are, Nigel Winterburn from West Ham, uh, England international. With his views on, on Declan Rice there. Just a quick one, uh chapter quickly approaching eight o'clock. Um, again, do we think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves in the sense of, look, brilliant, undoubted quality as a young player. But his competition, we're talking about him going straight in. You've got Jordan Henderson, right, who starts pretty much every week for Liverpool as their club captain. And, jo- and Eric Dyer, who plays week in, week out for Spurs and England international. It, it, it's, surely it cannot be that far foregone of a conclusion that not only is he going to get in the squad, that he's going to start. Yeah. I, I Do think, we need to rein it in a little? But perhaps.
4: I mean, I think I think everyone's got to rein it in uh, a little bit. You know, we've at some point this evening, most of the time this evening, we've spoken about how West Ham are going to be able to keep him. Exactly. Um, you know, I was surprised, We're going back to what David Connolly said earlier, you know, it could be six months before, you know, um, his, his actual registration switched. Mm. I thought when I heard the news today that it was it was guaranteed that he was going to get a call-up next month for the qualifiers because he'd, he'd made the decision now. It yeah. turns out that might not be true. So we probably just need to you know, sit back and, and wait to see what happens. But I, I think we need to just you know, respect the decision and then just move on now and calm down.
2: Yeah, no, I do. I do think it's an interesting point. We we do here in this country love to get so excited about our young, exciting players, and uh, Declan is one of them. But maybe, maybe we just a, a little word of caution. there's a player in form and potential, but maybe, maybe not ready just yet to get into that full England side. Uh, we're quickly approaching eight o'clock. It's the West Ham fan show here
1: on Love Sport Radio. <laughs>
2: Okay, welcome back. That was a brilliant hour there of West Ham chat. Uh, Thanks again to all your calls and and tweets regarding Declan Rice, but do keep them coming in. Uh, We will have a a kind of change of... Debate in the studio. We've got another, another half hour this evening with the chaps. Um, so we'll get their view on various things, including um, some transfer links already. No, it's February. We're already talking about the summer already. It's the way it works, isn't it? Um, we'll also talk about the squad and also some, some warm weather training. There's lots of games as well happening across the country uh, this evening. So I shall update you with some of the scores. Uh, Brentford. Um, they're currently goalless against Aston Villa. Ipswich Derby is 1-0 to Derby. Leeds Swansea is goalless. Preston Norwich. Preston leading that one 1-0. Uh, Norwich... Uh, well, they could, they could go five points clear if they win this evening and Leeds fail to. Uh, Sheffield United, Middlesbrough is goalless, as is Wigan and Stoke. And then some Champions League games, of course, this evening as well. Spurs are playing at Borussia Dortmund and Ajax Real Madrid is the other one. They've just kicked off just a few minutes in in those games, still goalless there. We'll let you know as and when all those goals go in. Um, Warm weather training. Let's have a chat about that, shall we? Yeah. Um, It's it's an interesting debate, isn't it? Um, Because... There's a there's a suggestion that it's a bit of a holiday for the players and they don't really need it. Um, or sometimes we think they didn't deserve it. Um, I remember last year with West Ham, with it was David Moyes, wasn't it? When you went to, where did you Miami. go? Miami, yeah. And I remember seeing the pictures of the players on the on the. It was, yeah. I remember James Collins and his very very white skin yeah. on a beach thinking. Because it wasn't going well at the time, was it? Well, it happened. It was what a week
4: after the Burnley game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Where I it remember. All that, that, off. It was all
2: over, all over the papers, wasn't it? So the West Ham players it's sunning up gone, yeah. exactly, and it's an interesting one, isn't it? What do you think? See, it, it
4: surprises me that, that fans react to this news every single year hmm. with yeah. so much surprise and, and anger because it's been happening for so many years. We did it every year under Allardyce. He took he, he flew the boys over to Dubai every single time we had a break when we weren't in the FA Cup because more often than not we got knocked out. Um, <laughs> in fact, every, yeah, every time we got knocked out the doors under Adidas, didn't we? So, so they could go to Dubai. So they could go to Dubai, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, but every time they came back and then we put on a nice little run of results. Mm. Last year, it, it was questionable the timing of It because of what happened with the Bernie game, and we're all over the papers. It mm. was all you know, it was the club was in crisis. James I mean, Collins and Andy Carroll, they were on the beach up. in yeah. Miami chatting up a load of women, yeah, it yeah. was, wasn't it? And it was what you doing, <laughs> but, drinking beers. But they came back and it kick started our survival bid. And yeah. you know, you look back now and go, It was a really good decision, from David Moyes You know, I've seen a lot of fans on Twitter react to this one they're over at Malaga at the moment, and they're going, Oh, so you know. Got knocked out of the FA Cup, didn't try in the FA Cup, just stayed at mm. the Malaga for 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 four or five days. But I I always see these trips as c- quite productive, mm. um, purely purely on the basis that they always seem to work w- where West Ham are concerned. And you know, Pellegrini said it give, it offers to free, you know a, an opportunity for the likes of Lanzini, Balbuena, uh, Nasri, just to get that last bit of fitness in before they're, they're introduced back into the team because they're on the verge of returning from injury and to go over there, warm weather train, it clearly works, otherwise football clubs wouldn't continue doing mm. it. It's, there's clearly a benefit to it, and um, I've got no problem with it. It's clear, it's obviously not a holiday. It's definitely not a holiday. I,
3: I've got no problem with it at all, and I, I completely agree. I think anything that anything that kick-starts the season that makes them play better, then, yeah, by all means, if we come back next week and... and put Fulham to the sword then happy days although it does obviously if we don't do that then it becomes even more of a big deal that we haven't beaten Fulham at home if we've been away I'm a little bit unsure like malaga that seems sensible it's like two hours away two and a half hours you know probably got an easy jet out of south end pedigree knows the areas we're having but uh, i do like miami and that that seems a little bit like why why are you flying 10 hours across the atlantic or even dubai why are you flying eight or nine hours
2: and 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 that's the thing that that, that's where i kind of sit with it like why dubai why miami and i do think it it is a bit of a glorified holiday.
3: Malaga makes sense, yeah. though, doesn't it? Well,
2: I mean, it, it does, mate. But then at the same time, I don't think they've gone to Malaga because it's two hours away. I think they've gone Malaga. They, they, they didn't think about how long it takes to get there hmm. when they picked the, de- the destination. It, make... is, it is absolutely a holiday for them. It is. What and, makes me I would, laugh, though. I would just rather that they say that. Yeah. Instead of, you know, when they say, oh, like Michael and Asri says, oh, I want to go win trophies. No, you don't you want to earn all this money. We'd have more respect if you said that. When people say, well, let's go away for warm weather training to get Sami and Asri fit, Mate, you can get fit in England. That, yeah. that's, that's, no, that's ludicrous. I, if I, I if people that. need match fitness, they don't need to go to Malaga <laughs> to go running. I get that. Yeah, but PR in it, they're not. They're not going to say that. Are they? But what? Makes yeah, but me as, laugh? as fans, I think we all need to accept that there's just to get the lads all together to go away somewhere warm and it's just a little bit of a break for but them. But it's clearly productive. It, 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 the managers find it productive because West Ham aren't the
4: only club that's ever done this. You know, it happens. I mean, I didn't. Um, there was a couple, uh, Wolves did it last week. They, mm. you know, and then they came back and, you know, okay, they. I mean, West Paul Brom did up. last
2: Right, <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, on the
4: Pardew, yeah, and it all yeah. went, you know, nicked a taxi, didn't last. Le- Leicester like, did it, Le Manga, yeah. do
2: you remember that, about but 10 years ago? What what, what makes me laugh
4: is that, you know, fans go, oh, they're over there for a holiday, but, you know, they, everyone goes on a holiday at yeah, some point. fair enough. And they go, oh, what are they doing on the beach? It's like, well, what it's you their spare do? time. You can't expect them to train 24 hours a day. They need a little bit of spare time just mm. to recuperate and, you know, You don't see them sitting on the beach in England because you wouldn't want to sit on the beach in England in their spare time. They're at home playing FIFA. But what what do you do 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 when you go to a a warm country on holiday? You go to the beach and spend spending spare time on the beach and that's what the players are doing it's just differences that they have photographers following around and getting them on the papers whereas you don't on honour these so you know good luck to oh, them speak you for know. yourself yeah. James <laughs> I, I,
2: I've got my no paps t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, they're following me around everywhere mate but
3: <laughs> one thing just quickly I think it was Kearney, uh, Tom Kearney from Fulham came out this yeah. week didn't he and done a piece in the standard about um, about how the, the Fulham team should go go And I think that was the headline but the the crux of it was he was saying that you know the Fulham team it's team bonding, right? it's yeah. exactly they mm. don't get on too well, and the club are doing nothing to like yeah, in, yeah, yeah. initiate that. And I think, like you say, you can't. They call it warm weather training, but if it's a bit of team building as well and a bit of camaraderie exactly. building, and that
2: works, then happy and that, days. And that is what it is. I mean, the training is you, you, of course have to, but it absolutely is just a team bonding thing. And again, I'm relatively okay with that. But it is a good point because we we've, we've got Fulham coming up next at eight thirty, and the, the guys have been saying throughout the throughout the season that. They've got division in the camp of the guys who were part of the team that got promoted from the championship and all the new signings, and they've and Ranieri just gave them a week off, um, and you had some of the lads from last season going off to Dubai and all the other ones going elsewhere, and that doesn't sit right with me. You know, Ranieri's mm. given them a week off; you shouldn't be doing that when you're in that in that situation with, with with West Ham and various other clubs who do do this training. Take them somewhere, but you've got to do it as a team. And mm. if you, if you, I, again, I'm not particularly comfortable with them drinking beers, and like I, I know. I know they've got to have lives. And I know that, you know, it's unfortunate that people will pap them. But they've got to accept that that's them as professional footballers. And if they're on a beach in Miami when things aren't going well, or if they're spotted in nightclubs after f- losing a game, then as a professional footballer, you cannot do that. You can't. I know it, and that's the commitment they've made as a professional footballer. So I am slightly uncomfortable when people say oh, they're on the beach and they're drinking beers and they're doing that. Like, go to these warm weather places, these wonderful training places that they've got in Germany, France, Spain... But just just train and and be be part of the lads in the group, and you don't need to do that other stuff because it's just it's a it's a it can never end well.
4: No, I agree, and I, I've noticed today that the club are, a club have been very very careful about what they've said about whole thing. Every single thing on on there is the players on the training pitch, yeah, um, working hard, and uh, the players have probably even been told because Masuaku's put a picture of him training, and a few others have done it. So it's obvious, like, look, the fans aren't happy about this for some reason just showing that we're working but i as i said i don't really you know, if, if they want to have a, a, the odd beer let them have it You know? they're humans just like we are we have a beer after work let
2: them have a beer after work I do it in the comfort of my own home James <laughs> that's what I do and do it moderately only one or two because I lead to believe that Andy Carroll maybe has more than two um, we're going to take a break when we come back uh, another kind of change of subject we're going to talk about some strikers that have been linked with the club uh, David Schiavone as in chief from Marker uh, is going to join us on the phone
1: This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com.
2: Okay, welcome back. Look, I know it's only February, but it's the way football works. There are constant links throughout the year, and West Ham have been linked with a couple of strikers. We are expecting movement uh, in the summer, in and out. A couple of players from Serie A have been linked with West Ham. David Schiavone, Italian journalist, joins us on the phone now. David, how are you?
9: I'm not bad. How are you, guys?
2: Yeah, very, very well indeed. So, look, we'll we'll, we'll jump into the first one. Uh, Edin Dzeko, uh, a name that we're all very familiar with in this country, uh, playing for Roma at the moment. There's been linked, um well, I've seen them on, on Twitter this week. Is there a chance, is mm-hmm. there a chance that he could find himself uh, in, back in London next season?
9: I think so. Um, obviously, kind of looking into the to, to the rumour about leaving I Roma, he's not really been in good form this season, although in the last few games he started, he's going to show the form he did last season. Um, You'll remember as well, a year ago he was almost uh, a Chelsea player, but then decided at the last minute that he uh, he didn't want to go to Chelsea. However, I think um, he's got a year on his contract when the summer comes around, and um, Monchi, the Roma Sporting Director, is quite famous for uh, having a lot of players move in and out of the teams that he's uh, the director of and i think um Jekyll with well, with jeco having a year left on his contract it could be that roma might just decide to we'll cash in on um Dzeko. He's, get, he's getting a bit older and uh, you know reinvest some of that money elsewhere in the team
2: uh, Duvan Zapata. I remember a number of years ago when he uh, signed for Napoli. Uh, he was linked back then with a couple of uh, Premier League clubs. Uh, maybe initially he didn't set the world alight, but he's he's really starting to flourish now, isn't he? In Syria. Well,
9: this year, this past season, he's having the best of his career. He's 27 years old and that potential is finally being fulfilled. I mean, he, he, he was he's basically been poor at every team he's been to. <laughs> uh, and Napoli wasn't really doing anything with Denise, Sampdoria, nothing. And then he's joined Atalanta and he's just hanging in the goals, left, right and centre. It's, it's amazing to watch. And at one point he was up there with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo on uh, in the Serie A goal scoring charts, um, which is... Was fantastic to see, I think West Ham had a bid in January turned down over 40 million euros. I think, so I think I think if he keeps going on the form he's in, then we'll see a lot of teams clamouring to to sign him in the summer
7: for sure.
4: David Divan Sapata's is a player that West Ham have been linked with, you know, for as long as I can remember. Every, every <laughs> summer, we've yeah, been linked with one him. one of them. I think I think we were first linked with him that, 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 when he first, when he went to end up at Napoli. Yeah. um Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's good to hear that he's finally sort of living up to up to his reputation because back then, you know, it was a little bit of excitement whether West, whether West Ham could get him or not. But, you know, for the fans that probably don't know a great deal about Zapata, sort of, what sort of striker is he? He is an
9: absolute battering ram of a striker. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. Um, and he has got a, a decent amount of technical ability as well. I mean, he's he's always kind of been almost stereotype. Stereotyped into that role all the teams he's been at and nobody's been able to kind of utilize them the way that um Gasparini and Atalanta have whereas atalanta've got a, a lot of kind of technical ball players that can kind of play around him and he, he's been able this season in particular to be in the right place at the right time um, and, and kind of feed off those balls and and because he is big and strong he's able to bully defenders I mean the probably the stereotypical um or, or one of the best games I had this season was against Juventus. And obviously, uh, everybody knows how good Juventus are. They're unbeaten in Serie A this season. They're one of the favourites to win the Champions League. And he bullied their centre-back parent uh, when Atalanta beat them 3-0 in the Coppa Italia. Um, and uh, it was a, a great performance, one of the best he's had. So he's, he's definitely a, a dangerous, dangerous striker when he's on form. So I, I'm just a bit... Um, Dubious as to whether this isn't a bit of a flash in the pan, given it's yeah. taken them a good few years to kind of get this good.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, that, David, I was I was going to say that. Then you, you mentioned there was about it being a flash in the pan. Obviously, with uh, Zapata and then Jecko, and West Ham, we're looking at and who eventually went to AC Milan. What this seems like quite a new, like a new trend of West Ham looking to Syria uh, for strikers. Do you think you mentioned it there? Obviously, Zapata's never played in England before and you mentioned he's quick and fast which sounds like the kind of person to be suited to the Premier League do you think that's the case or could it be one of them where you know he comes over and it just doesn't suit his game
9: Uh, I think he's got all the attributes to be successful in England Um, whether or not he is obviously remains to be seen I think it also for me depends on how the team plays Uh, with Atalanta they Kind of almost play, not for him, but they play to get him in a good position in the box and expect him to score. They did that with another kind of big striker in Patania a couple of seasons ago when they got into the Europa League, which essentially the game plan worked the same way in terms of you've got all these kind of good technical players. Papu Gomez kind of being the star of the show, and then having a big striker there to kind of finish off the moves and uh, Patanya did well Uh, he was then moved on, Zapatas came in and kind of continued that Um, so I think if the team play to get him in good position to get him the ball where he's most dangerous then he'll be a success I think if you're uh, if you kind of maybe lumping crosses into the box or you expect him to be creating for other players or something like that then it probably wouldn't be a move that would work but if you have them there to bully defenders and get in the right positions, then, yeah, it'll be a, a fruitful move.
2: Thank you very much, David, mate. Really appreciate that. That was uh, David Schiavone, uh, Italian football expert, giving us his views on potential moves for both Edin Dzeko and Duvan Zapata potentially uh, to West Ham in uh, the summer. Right, we've only got 10 or so minutes left. and When we come back, we're going to have a bit of a debate, a bit of a poll about Pablo uh, Zabaleta. Uh, so stay tuned for that.
1: Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice.
2: We'll just update you with some of these football scores across the country in the Champions League games, still goalless in both of the games between Ajax and Real Madrid and Spurs-Borussia Dortmund. In the Championship, there's been a few goals. Uh, but we'll go with the goalless ones to start off with. It's goalless in Wigan-Stoke, Reading-Blackburn and Sheffield united Middlesbrough. But Deepdale, uh, former Norwich boss Alec Neil, is helping his side at the moment to a 2-0 lead over the Canaries. Um, Paul Gallagher scoring the second for Preston from the penalty spot. Norwich just had a penalty. Marco Steepleman took it uh, and it was saved by former Norwich player and Norwich fan Declan Rudd in uh, the Preston goals. They still lead a 2-0. Uh, Leeds could be closing the gap. They're beating Swansea 1-0. Derby are winning at bottom side. Ipswich 1-0. Uh, Tom Lawrence, former Ipswich low knee, scoring the goal for them. So, chaps, just had David uh, Skiv, only the Italian football expert, on the phone talking to us about Jecko and Zapata. Thoughts, thoughts on those two? I mean, they're both kind of the same mould they're big strikers they're target men um, what would you like either of them in particular any of them to take your fancy
3: building off the Arnautovic mould it sounds like Zapata would be a better fit to the way we play and if he's a bit more of an all rounder he's quick and strong by the sounds of it then I think that would suit more. But I just think it's gonna be the start of a, a fashionable thing over the next few months is West Ham being linked with countless oh strikers because <laughs> I will probably leave in the summer. It's inevitable, isn't it? We're a little bit threadbare up outside of him. Um so I think that would just be that could just be two names of tens and 10s we'll hear before July or August.
4: Yeah. I th- as, as I said, you know, when, when David was on line... You don't the line, sound excited by either of these two, James,
2: <laughs> I won't lie, mate. <laughs> I just, I mean, as you said, it's
4: it's going to be, it's the first two of what's going to probably be, you know, 50, 60 strikes <laughs> we're going to be linked with by the end of the summer transfer window. And, you know, Dzeko was always going to be linked with us because of Pellegrini. Yep. Um, Zapata, as I said before, is always linked with us anyway. Mm. Um, it's good to, as I said, it's good to hear that he started scoring goals, but I don't know. <laughs> the fact that he's only started scoring goals and he's 27 yeah. worries me a little bit I and mean, we all know how hard it can be for players to come come over and actually hit the ground running in England and the pressure's going to be high at West Ham because you know regardless what happens this season next year next year expectations are going to be a lot higher <laughs>
3: Well, Jake, you did shout at me before, didn't you, when I was saying that? I've about never shouted Piertek. at anyone. You did <laughs> <laughs> shout at me, it was scary, about Piatek and when I was saying that it's a bit of a risk and you gave me a bit of a volley about yeah. that, about that's Stand what by risk-taking is all about. Do you think the same about Zapata? Well, no,
2: because PeerTech is scoring literally a goal a game and he's like 21 years old and he's just signed for AC Milan for like 40 million quid. He's like one of the most exciting players in the world. Duvan Zapata is 27, he's had one decent season and Ngeko's nearly 40. All oh, right, fair enough. <laughs> 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 so there we are. That's those two dealt with. Uh, James, you've been having a poll on uh, West Ham World, haven't you, about oh, your oh, right back situation? You've had Ryan Fredericks back in the team and starting and impressing, and you've got the, the legendary uh, Pablo Zabaleta. Found out the other day, he scored more goals, the highest scoring Argentinian in Premier League history, defender. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah you're not, not. I mean, Agüero scored one or two more than him yeah. in, yeah, in, in, in the Premier League era. But anyway, uh, what's the poll? Um, so the poll is. I mean,
4: Ryan Fredericks looked quite good the last couple of mm. games. Um, who should be our first choice rep? Uh, first choice right back is it Fredericks or Zabaleta? And the poll results are very very tight.
2: Are they? I'm surprised by Incredibly that.
4: Incredibly tight. I mean, I thought it would go, go one way. Uh, Zabaleta. 51% of top
2: Frederick's 49% see I have to say I'm very surprised by that of not necessarily saying that that Frederick's is a, is a world beat, but I have to say I've been impressed and I think watching him I think Fulham fans are, are gutted they didn't give him the money he wanted to, to stay there and if I'm completely honest since Zabell has been at West Ham I've I've not been impressed I think he's he's looked a spent force if, if I'm honest is that unfair Will you're putting That's a face incre- to say I'm being unfair it's incredibly unfair I, yeah
3: I think it's unfair I think he has been a better one of our better players in a time where everyone else around him hasn't been playing that well but I think now's the time to start blooding Fredericks mm. while we've still got Zabaleta there as as a decent solid backup because there's every chance he might leave in the summer as well isn't there I know he's sort of well publicized that he wants to play abroad before he finally calls it a day and I I think now's the time to start blood in Fredericks
4: yeah I mean I think I think Zabaleta has been Mr. Reliable for for two years he's had him but I mean one of the comments underneath underneath here um, they said they voted Zabaleta because currently the better player and it'd be harsh to drop him. However, I also think Pellegrini needs to use this time to get Fredericks up to scratch, get that recklessness out of his game and ready to take Zabba's place in August. You know, I am not totally against yeah, that. Agree, yeah. Um and you know, if Fredericks is gonna learn from, from someone and improve, then you know, there's no better player than learn from Zabaleta, So and the pace he's got as well. You know, it's frightening, isn't me. it? Incredible pace. Was against it? Liverpool, it was like where did he got that from?
2: But what's he been like defensively, though? Because this is what this is what Fulham fans were saying. Yeah, lightning quick, dangerous, you know, great in the modern day fullback era, but can't defend for Toffee. Now they're all saying that about him in the Championship. What's he been like in the in the Premier League so far?
3: But yeah, I mean, th- that's that is an easy stick to beat him with, to yep. be honest with you. But again, I, I think now is the perfect time. The season's it, it, it's not dead as such, but we're certainly safe. I mm. think now's the time oh, yeah. for to give him that f- few months. Exactly what you said, while he can still learn from Zabba and get those bits out of his game and improve on the on the, the defensive side, and then you know come the summer and got another pre-season. By next year, hopefully you'll have almost a you know a finished product, if you like.
4: That all said, though, I would I would try and try hard to keep little at the football club for another year. Yeah, because he's a great. Regardless of Frederick, he's a great player to have an address dressing room, The experience and the trophies he's won. If I was Pellegrini, I'd be in his ear going, "Have one more year."
2: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good shout. Uh, Chaps, it's been an absolute pleasure this evening. Will Pugh and James Jones in the studio for the West Ham Fan Show. They will be back uh, next week. Uh, Declan Rice, that's the big news for you West Ham fans today. An England international, not yet, but certainly will be very soon. And you've been listening to the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio.